Welcome to the Lucky Light Court Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. Good morning, tennis fans. I'm your host, Chris Otto. Happy to be with you from Wimbledon Center Court. Happy 4th of July if you're stateside. Happy day four of Wimbledon. No matter where you are, it's going to be a great one. Lots of fantastic tennis on the ticket today, especially a blockbuster matchup between Nick Kyrgios and Rafael Nadal. That'll be the third matchup on center court. I want to get straight to an interview. Special guest, Steve Flink, the venerable tennis Hall of Famer, was nice enough to join me yesterday in the media center. Chatted a little bit about the matchups today, specifically between Kyrgios and Nadal, and also a little bit of a preview of what we can expect from the big three at Wimbledon in 2019. Let's get straight to Steve Flink. I'll see you guys on the other side. All right, Lucky Light Court Podcast is pleased to bring back good friend, colleague, tennis Hall of Famer, Steve Flink. We're at Wimbledon. We're going to talk a little big three today. Hello, Steve. Hey, Chris, it's good to be with you. That's a topic neither one of us ever tires of. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. It's like you just can't get sick of it. And and if you do find yourself getting sick of it, you better check yourself because this is exciting stuff. And uh, day three, late in the uh, well, early in the evening right now, and we're preparing for a big match tomorrow between Rafael Nadal and Nick Kyrgios. It's their seven head-to-head meeting, and they have a lot of history, these two. Steve, what are your initial thoughts on this match tomorrow? Well, they, obviously, there's gonna, there's this lingering animosity, I think, because Rafa was not happy about Nick's behavior in Acapulco, and Nick was very defensive about that and felt he had every right to do what he did, including the underhanded serve. So there's there's some there's some scores to settle. I don't mean that this is some kind of a bitter feud, and Nadal is above that. But Kyrgios is definitely highly charged, and he hasn't forgotten the last time. And he also remembers beating him here at Wimbledon in 2014, too, when there were no real histrionics. It was just a straightforward, brilliant performance on Nick's part. So I think everybody's looking forward to it. To have them meet in the second round is, is incredible. Nick should That should never happen. It's really Nick's fault because he doesn't keep his ranking as high as he should. He ends up pulling out of a lot of tournaments. He should never be outside the top 20. What and and let's move it forward a little bit. Why is Kyrgios able to have such success against Nadal? And what do you remember about that matchup in the round of 16 in 2014? I remember him serving. A, I want to say 37 aces. He won two critical tie breaks. That really made all the difference. That astounded me how well he held up under pressure on the center court against a, a Rafa Nadal, that obviously won two titles and was a heavy favorite going in. So I, I just think his poise under pressure that day was amazing. And I don't remember him really pulling any pranks or or uh, behaving badly so much as just rising to the occasion. And Nadal was a bit exhausted after that French in a way that I don't think he is right now. And uh, I don't think he was as healthy physically then as he appears to be right now. So I, I just believe that the circumstances are very different this time around, that Nadal is going to be primed for this, not that it's going to be easy. But I, in the end, I don't see him losing. And maybe, maybe if Nick gets really inspired, we go five. But more likely, I see Nadal in four. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you have to think that Nadal has been real solid on the grass. Uh, he proved that last year, being so close to defeating Djokovic in the semifinal. Let's talk about Novik Djokovic a little bit. Just got through Dennis Kudler. 
pretty easily, has a nice draw, looks great on grass. Is he your favorite at the moment to win this title and repeat as champion here at Wimbledon? Yeah, he has been all along, and uh, nothing to change my mind. I think his draw is good. He's got the, the great Canadian kid, Felix Auger Alician, and that that could be a fourth rounder. You know, I mean, he's got another match to go, but I think Felix will probably get there. And that could be a little tricky, and uh, but I just see that I think Novak has looked very efficient his first couple of matches, and and I think he's he's dialed in, and I I think he he loves the grass. This playing all the talk about it playing somewhat slow, that's only in his favor. I mean, he loves that, and uh, you know that there was that hard court at the U.S. Open was kind of slow last year, and he he loved that as well. So it it, it I think all signs point to that, but I mean. Obviously, I'm not discounting the chances of Federer and Nadal one bit. And let's talk about Roger Federer through one round. It um, had a bit of a hiccup in that first set against Lloyd Harris, but then found his game pretty quickly. Jay Clark in the second round, a fairly decent draw. Do you think, if you think Novak is your favorite, do you see Roger maybe as your second favorite? How would you see, if we even look down the road well, further, a potential semifinal between Rafa and Roger? No, I, I have to say I'm going to go against the grain a little on that pick because I honestly believe that Nadal, if he gets there, will beat Federer. I think he got such a big boost out of beating him in the at Roland Garros. One would think that that didn't mean that much that both players deep down thought Rafa was going to win. But when you've lost five times in a row to a rival that you once led 23-10 and it had become 23-15 before Roland Garros and you finally beat him again, it means a lot. And he wanted to get that monkey off his back. And I just think he'll go, if they meet here, he'll go out there with just... Uh, in an inspired manner and, and feeling like he is actually a better grass court player today than he was in the years that he won it in 2008 and 2010, of course, beating Federer in that epic in 2008. So I just, I'm not saying it'll be easy. I could see it going five sets. I think it could be a blockbuster, but I honestly think that Nadal will, will like his chances going in. You won't hear him say it, but he'll feel it. Were you surprised at all by the slow, sluggish start in the first set yesterday by Federer? I was, but I thought he was very honest about it. You know, I mean, he, he wasn't didn't feel he didn't have his feet moving. He would he acknowledged that he was sluggish, but it also didn't surprise me how swiftly he turned it around at the start of the second set. And the last three sets were were um, smooth as can be, and and he couldn't have asked any more of himself. Served much better. Everything sort of gelled after that once he got his first service break in the second set. So now he, it may have done him a little good. It de definitely woke him up and, and got him going, and he played quite well the last three sets. And last second for you, Steve. Last, last question for you, rather. Um, if there's one player outside the big three, and I think you and I both agree that the big three is likely going to win this title, their 11th consecutive Grand Slam, but if there was one player that could potentially do it other than the big three, do you have a name in mind? Yeah, going into the tournament, I would have said Sissipas from you know because he's beaten the all in the last year. He beat Djokovic last summer. He beat Nadal on hard courts, which was remarkable. After Novak had won Wimbledon, he beat him in Canada. Then he then he beats Nadal on the clay this year. He beat Roger in between at the Australian Open to get on his way to this semis where he lost to Rafa. So I thought he was maybe the most dangerous candidate. I don't see any of the others quite ready to pull this off. Yeah, in my mind, I, 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 it would surprise me uh, tremendously if that happened. Yeah, I have to agree with you, Steve. I think we agree on that. And I want to thank you for sharing a little bit of your time with me today. And let's talk again very soon here at Wimbledon. 
Chris, always always a pleasure to come on board with you here and talk tennis. We will do it again soon. Thanks, Steve. Special thanks to Steve Flink for joining us and giving us some of his insights on Wimbledon and the Big Three. It's going to be a massive matchup between Nadal and Kyrgios. Excuse the mower if you hear it in the background. This young man out there trimming the lawns of Wimbledon's fabled center court. Gosh, isn't it a beautiful sight to behold? Just me and about 15 other hangers around. Looks like members of the media mostly at center court right now. It's uh, sitting up in the very last row up in the north side of the this unbelievably well-appointed, beautiful, religious center court. So yeah, Kyrgios and Nadal. Looks like Kyrgios was out last night at the Dog and Fox having a beer. And of course, he made some headlines in his press conference after his first round victory over Jordan Thompson and was asked if he'd like to get to know Nadal better. He said, I probably wouldn't wouldn't really be see myself heading down to the dog and Fox for a pint with Nadal. And indeed he was not with Nadal last night. I think figure Rafa was probably home resting up envisioning what he needs to do today to beat Kyrgios and Kyrgios, of course, out having a few pints with his mates to each their own, right? It's going to be a very interesting matchup and not the only brilliant matchup that we'll see on day four. I'll give you a rundown of the order of play. Caden Shakori, remember him? He was a quarter finalist at Wimbledon last year. He will face Cameron Noria. That's the first matchup on center court, followed by Katarina Sinyakova and Johanna Kanta. So a big day for the Brits on center and, of course, followed by that blockbuster, blockbuster matchup between Kyrgios and Nadal. Over on number one court, it's Kiki Mladenovic and Petra Kvitova, who looked so good in her first round match. Kvitova, of course, coming in with very low expectations, has the injured arm, still has some, some tape on it and playing, not practicing as much as she normally would, but um, you never know. She's kind of a sleeper in this draw, one that is not been given so much consideration because of the injury, but uh, two-time Wimbledon champ never can rule Petra out, and it's always a treat to see her at Wimbledon. Jay Clark, another one for the Brits, up on number one court against Roger Federer, the second match, and then Serena Williams and Kaya Yuvan of Slovenia. Yuvan, an 18-year-old, one of the teenagers that not many are talking about, of course, because there are so many teenagers making noise in the last month or two on the WTA Tour, most notably here at Wimbledon, 15-year-old Coco Goff, who reached the third round last night and became the youngest women to to reach the third round at a major since 1996. You know who that woman was? Anna Kornikova. So Coco Goff looking so good, defeating Magdalena Rybarakova. 6-3-6-3 yesterday. It was a completely poised and professional performance. She will face Polona Herzog in the third round. A pretty nice matchup for both players, I would say. Okay, number two court, Ash Barty. The reigning Roland Garros champion will play the second-round matchup against Alison Van Oytvonk. That should be a good one. Daniel Evans and Nicholas Baslashvili on number two are next. Lauren Davis of the USA and defending champ Anjali Kerber will be third up on number two. And then it's Marcos Bagdadis playing his last-ever professional tournament. He's got a going to have a handful with the Italian Matteo Berrettini, who's been a rising performer of late from Italy. He is the 17th seed. Um, lots of other matchups on the outer court. Sloane Stevens is on number three against Huang Yafan. Uh, Fabio Fanini is also on court three. 
Marin Chilich, a former finalist here at Wimbledon, will face Zhao Souza on court 12. And another teenager, Amanda Anisimova of the USA, will face Magda Lynette. Pretty good draw there for Anisimova. Kiki Burton's a player not many talking about, but certainly has a good shot to make it deep into this draw. She will face Taylor Townsend on court 18. And of course, there's Andy Murray taking the court and doubles with Pierre Hugues Herbert. Murray and Herbert are going to be, let me turn my order of player, facing Marius Copil and Hugo Humbert, and that will be arranged later. So you have to keep your eyes out on the order of play and see the see where the tournament organizers will put Murray. Likely they'll get him on center or number one court if there's a window and if things happen quickly enough in the other matches. So, so much to look forward to. Today's order of play is just stacked. It's been a great three days of Wimbledon. I mean, so many interesting storylines, of course. Front and center, I think, for me is Coco Goff, the 15-year-old American facing Venus Williams, the 39-year-old Venus Williams in the first round and taking her out. I mean, that's just been one of the most unbelievable stories. And then, of course, the big three on the men's side, as we spoke about with Steve Flink, always a big story. They've won the last... 10 majors, and it's probably going to be 11 this year. It's Federer, it's Nadal, it's Djokovic. They're all looking strong at this moment. But again, big test for Rafael Nadal. And he has lost all five tiebreakers that he has played against Nick Kyrgios, including two in their matchup that happened here on center court at Wimbledon in 2014, and another two in their very heated battle in Acapulco, which happened earlier this winter that was a very intense match and again in that match Kyrgios shows that Kyrgios showed that he can get up for playing Nadal and he can match him stroke for stroke so I think if we see the best of Nick Kyrgios today we're going to be in for a very tight and intense battle it could be the match of the tournament um, we're certainly looking forward to it as well as all these other matchups it's bound to be another great day at Wimbledon the mower has stopped on center court. It's about 8.48 in the morning, just over two hours until first ball. I want to say thank you all for staying with me today and listening to the podcast. Thank you, Steve Flink, for joining us. This has been the Lucky Let Cord Podcast, a Tennis Now production sponsored by Tennis Express. I want to let you guys know you can follow the podcast on iTunes, just open up your Apple Podcast app, type in Lucky Let Cord Podcast, voila, you'll find us there. You can also find us on Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere else you'd like to listen to your podcast. Check out our podcast homepage at Podomatic.com and hit us up on social. We're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Tennis Now. We're on Twitter at Tennis underscore Now. We're on Instagram. I don't know what the handle is, but we're there. Trust me. And you can also find us, of course, on the web. So many features going up every day, every hour on the hour, pretty much, here while we're at Wimbledon. It's www.tennisnow.com. Thank you all for listening. And enjoy day four of Wimbledon. Enjoy the 4th of July. We'll see you tomorrow.